Oh, thank you all for tuning in to the 433rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, Eros, the Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, Pandora, Elevation Sports Radio in Denver, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via, being recorded from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. As the new, per usual, going to have Zach Wilford, a.k.a. Mr. Zach on the basketball OG himself. To talk about the NBA, we're going to talk a little NBA history. We're going to go through the best conference finals ever. We're going to talk about some of the awards, all defensive team, all rookie team. And talk about these games that transpired this weekend. Now, before we get Mr. Zach on, I'm going to get my shameless plug. As always, first time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family. Whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc., check on the description below. Specifically, if you use Spotify, you can click on the timestamp and it will send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to, folks. It's for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at nitrate underscore lane. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You will find it. I post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, do me five stars and a great review. For some odd reason, right? If you don't like the pod, then don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you. Mama Lane taught me this. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. It could have next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Mr. Zach on the show. Could have next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have the basketball OG himself, Mr. Zach, with us. How you doing, man? Uh, how you doing, dear? I'm doing, I'm doing okay. So we have Warriors versus Mavericks. 3-0 lead now for Golden State. What do you made? What have you made of this series so far? series to, to, to defeat their opponent, but not this time. 
I smell I smell sweet. Why do you think that Dallas was able to be able to take out a team in the Phoenix Suns who had 64 wins, but they seem so helpless against this Golden State Warriors team? Well, Phoenix Suns were turning the ball over at an alarming rate. They were shoot, the shooting was terrible. Um, Chris Paul just disappeared the last few games, and um, Monty Williams was also outcoached. So basically, um, well, it's hard to say Monty Williams was outcoached. Um, his players didn't show up for him. Uh, and then Jason Kidd had a better defensive strategy to, to prevent Booker and Chris Paul from, from elevating their game to take them to the next level. Um, Chris Paul's body failed him as again. Um, fatigue. Um, Aiden was... Aiden was bickering and bickering and beefing with the coach, so his his minute his minutes were a coach's decision, um, which which when you argue with the coach, you can't expect to um, get valuable minutes. Uh, Crowder has always seemed to me overrated. He never showed up for a big game in his. You ask me, I've never seen him show up for a big game, and. Um, Bridges and old guys are just role players, and uh, Dallas Dallas beat them in every area of the game, and they also had Luka as unstoppable force. Luka Doncic during this series with the Warriors, he's averaging about twenty-one points per game in the second half of the games. He's averaging about ten points per game. Why do you think that is that he's able to be? you know, so effective in the first half, then he starts struggling more in the second half. Physical strength. Physical strength. Physical fitness. Weight. Endurance. Things like that. He's had to, he's going to have, as much as he dominates the ball and has the ball in his hand, he's had to get He'd have to get physically fit to, to, to perform like that. I mean, you, you, I'm, I'm like nitpicking, finding things, finding things wrong. But when you get tired, when you, when your numbers drop in the second half, that that's a sign of fatigue. No, you're completely right about that. Uh, and Luke has always been a guy when you look at him, he's kind of like, ah, oh, his body, maybe he's a little bit out of shape. I know that was an issue for him to begin the season. But when you're playing the playoffs, you're playing heavier load, tougher guys, you know, bodies are banging a little bit more. You're getting a little bit wore down. All the mental pressure and anxiety that goes through it uh, in your mind as well. Uh, you definitely have to be more physically fit uh, to be able to perform at your best level. Uh, are you surprised? Because just from what I've watched, I haven't. I, I don't think Dallas has done a good enough job of attacking Steph Curry enough when they're going to bring up Steph and try to get him on one-on-one situations against Luka. It seems a lot of the time that Luka's content just going at Wiggins, who's been his primary defender for the, this whole series, practically. Well, um, they don't got a chance, man. <laughs> I mean... They, we can we can create this song and dance and make up some some uh, situations for them, but 
basically they don't they don't they don't they don't have a chance player for player they they don't stand up to Golden State and that and um the guy Looney is is playing is playing off the charts he's doing all the dirty work all the banging offensive boards rebounding extraordinaire defensive rebounds and and protecting the rim um he's not a prototype center um he's just um a guy that's balling you don't have a they don't run special plays for him he's good in the pick and roll he knows how to catch the ball in in the paint and he knows how to finish Dallas got a bunch of stiff guys that stand around and shoot threes. They don't really have any effective offensive players besides Brunson and Dinwiddie. And Dinwiddie is very inconsistent, you know. It was a good pickup for him for the coming with Porzingis. That gave them a little more speed as a team because Porzingis wasn't working with Luka either. So, um. Dallas has looked forward to trying to recruit a couple of nice free agents to, to take their take their team to the next level. You think free agents are going to want to come with Luka dominating the ball as much as he does? Uh, Dallas is a nice place to live. Um, <laughs> a nice place to live. and uh, They run a decent franchise. And, um, hey, Luka, Luka, Luka's game can blame with others. He just has to learn to trust his teammates. And he's a bad man. He's a bad man. But age twenty three, he doesn't he doesn't have many weaknesses in this game. I think fitness. I think his fitness will improve. Um, I mean, after, I mean, he's an old twenty three. He seems like he's been playing for a while for for a person that's twenty three. Um, he just he just needs more help. And he needs and 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 learning how to use his help. Um, Jason Kidd is the right coach to develop him and take him to the next level. Why do you think Jason Kidd's the coach that can take him to the next level? As because opposed- he's a point guard mind and a point guard mentality and a point guard brain and a pass first player, team first player, never a me I me player. Jason Kidd sacrificed his offensive game which wasn't the greatest, but he could finish, and he ended up being a decent three-point shooter through hard work because he was a he basically was a bricklayer coming out early. His game was his game was total. He was a total point, a pure point guy. He didn't have any scoring ability, and, and as the years went on, he developed a three-point shot and developed into Hall of Fame status. Golden State is on the verge of going to their sixth final in eight years. What does that say about the franchise? Um, a dominant franchise, legendary franchise, a coach that's a coach that's on top of his game, who's who's constantly making adjustments through personnel moves, personnel changes. Um, but they kept their core. They survived a few injuries. Now they're back in the fourth and being a force in the NBA. Um, a couple new guys stepped in. You know, to replace guys that left like Livingston and Durant, Barbosa, all those guys that left over the years. Um and they filled those they filled those slots in with adequate players. 
Their key is ball movement, outside shooting. Steve Kerr did a hell of a job. So let's do this when we talk about the Warriors. Obviously, I think we can both agree Steph Curry is the best player on the team. For you, who's the second best player on the Warriors or the second most important player? Uh, there's, there's really there's really no peck. There's really no pecking order at that that team. Everybody has a distinct different role. Um, of course, Clay Thompson was a splash brother, um, future Hall of Famer, and all NBA all um, NBA All Star. So at, at, before before his injury, he was the second best player on the team. Um, right now, Draymond Green is the second best player on the team. So you'd have then Clay at third? Yeah. And then fourth is fourth. Clay, Clay might be fourth right now. That that, that other guy, um Pool. Pool. Jordan Pool. Yes. Yes. So then who's fifth for you? Who'd be fifth? Looney. Looney? That's a pretty good that's I mean listen, if Looney's your fifth best player, that's pretty good. Well, Looney, Looney, Looney is not more of a recognized player than than, than Wiggins. Wiggins is a NBA, Wiggins was an NBA All Star in the first pick of the draft. Wait, so you'd have Wiggins? So you you'd rather have Looney over Wiggins? I wouldn't rather have them. They play different roles. They're not. They're nothing alike. Wiggins Wiggins is a is a wing defender, a perimeter shooter. But Looney is a defender and a garbage man. With, with ball handling skills that he developed at a young age, because I think he had a growth spurt in his life. Um, Wiggins is just finding his game and finding his enthusiasm for the game. Rooney is just raw talent. Um, as a matter of fact, they said he was a he was a high school player of the year in the state of Wisconsin for his junior and senior year, and he was a guard. So apparently, he has ball handling skills. That he that we haven't even seen yet. So I'm not really into comparing player after player. They all have a different role with that Golden State squad. Um, and 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 um, they just had to get the, they just had to come together with those injuries, which which you can't you can't control your injuries. Um. But they had a flood of injuries over and over. They had Curry out, Clay Thompson uh, out, uh, Draymond out, um, and so on and so forth over the course of the season. Um, when they all got together as a unit, um, I, I must admit that they, they're, they're playing some powerful basketball. Um They've improved as a team unit on defense, and um, the shooting is, comp- is 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 the shooting leaves you speechless sometimes. Have you ever they're seen? Never, they're never out of a game. Have you ever seen shooting like this before? And all your times no. watching basketball, no. or even if we're no. going to compare it to like high school or college, have you ever seen shooting like this in your life? shooters in the world, but I'm just saying uh, they have 
they have a few guys who came out of nowhere and um, stepped in and filled a hell of a role for this team. I think Poole was a surprise, and, and basically, um, he tried to solve God, and uh, his play and his efficiency seemed like, well, to me, he had to prove it. It looked luck. It, it didn't. It looked. I'm not saying luck, but I, I didn't think he could consistently keep doing it. But he proved me wrong. And I'm glad too he proved a lot of people wrong because he was a he was a he was a, he was an unknown in the NBA up until that and up until now. He was a, he was a fair college player, and really he wasn't even a sure shot to even make the NBA. But he 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 is he is um, he is evidence of what hard work can do, and also being around a master Steph Curry. I mean, some of that stuff has rubbed off on him, and he took he took care of, he took Curry's work ethic and combined with his his skill and his and his ability, and he's about to get a fat paycheck one day. Even when you look at a guy like Wiggins too, like toiling away in Minnesota for years, uh, the knock on Wiggins was always his effort. Uh, he was a potential guy, right? And what I, the thing I always say about potential is it just means you haven't done anything yet. We <laughs> never said, oh, he has potential. It just means like right now you're not making the most of what you can. Uh, and then you see Wiggins and, and now what he's doing. And even when you mentioned Jordan Poole, right? Uh, there is something about the Warriors that they do it a little bit differently. I think they're able to develop guys. It's kind of how Miami does it, how Miami finds all these guys that fit into a system. Uh, we saw it with the San Antonio Spurs with Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, how they brought Danny Green up kind of through their system, how Kawhi Leonard came up through their system. There's certain franchises that just have that ability to identify players who have the work ethic and then develop them, and then they have the top proper leadership in place, right? Uh, so when Steph Curry's doing all the right things, it's hard if you're Jordan Poole not to do the right things, right? Because you want to get to where Steph Curry is. You want to make the money that Steph Curry has. You want to win the championships that Steph Curry has won. So I think all that just makes for a very special formula. So for Luka, right? I, I think where you're leading is you say they don't have a chance. The Mavericks don't have a chance. People said the Mavericks didn't have a chance when they were down 2-0 against the Phoenix Suns. So here's what I'll ask you. If there is any chance, any chance, how does Dallas do? How do they do it? If there's any chance whatsoever. They don't have the horses. They can't keep, they don't have the horses. They can't keep a lead. Um, they're, they're defeated. Um, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't, see. I mean, the group of scores, if, if, if their big three scores eighty points, I mean, Luca, Luca, um, Dinwiddie and Brunson, and Brunson, you know, um, they have to work too hard to get their shots. Too much, uh, basically, too much one-on-one basketball. No easy buckets. They have to work for every bucket. They just don't have it. They ran, they ran into a machine that's a little more powerful than they are. When they lost that 20-point lead, that took the heart out of that team. They were done. 
What's one thing that you think Luka can learn from this series, particularly from watching Steph Curry, uh, the other team's lead guard? What's the What's one thing you think Luka can learn from Steph? Oh, uh, he has he has a, he has a great basketball IQ with just a step. He has a scoring ability as a step. He can he can get to the hoop. He can he can he can pop the game. He can finesse game. He just gets tired. I mean, it's just uh, you know, it's just it's just a number. It's just a it's a matter of time game. You know, I mean, he has to. He has to progress, and he has to learn, and he has to get some better teammates. Um, I mean, there's not much else I can say about Dallas. We, they, we, we can turn the page on them because they're, they're, they're done. That's <laughs> just Dallas. Seriously, they, they three and out, three and out, three and out. Oh, okay, so since you're ready to bury Dallas, you got any last words for him, or are you, are you over Dallas? Uh, well, you know, they got their they they're a team with a ball dominant player. Um they had they had a few injuries. Um Hardaway Hardaway would have been a big help to that team. Um Brunson basically came out of nowhere to improve his game. Then when he was a late acquisition in the year, um Finney Smith and those guys, they're 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 good role players, but they can't create their own shot. They have to be open and to, to, to get to, to be effective. Um, they had a good season. Um, they're probably going to have a few changes in their roster, and um, they, they if they, they, they want to win now, they can't develop through the draft. They must get a few free agents. I don't think a rookie will make a difference for them. Any all stars that are on your mind for Dallas? I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't prepared with a list of players. Or, or, or not even just a list of players. Like that, but you, you always, you all, you always. If you can find a team leader, a, a gritty guy, a hardworking guy, a Marcus Smart type of guy, Draymond Green type of guy, um, um, a Drew Holiday type of guy. Th- Dylan Brooks, guys who will fight on defense and 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 become a physical presence on the team and a, a leader on the defensive end. Dallas has no leader on the defensive end. Um, that sets a tone for defense and physicality. Um, it's not many players around the league who play like that anymore, but. You notice the good team, though good teams, the successful teams have a guy like that. So, um, like Phoenix, even though he's not one of my favorite players, Crowder played that role for them. Physicality, tough guy, get a few rebounds, but he's he's not he's not to that level yet. Uh, you got your smart, you got your Draymond Green. Um, And around and um, PJ Tucker, those type of guys. A little bit more grit on Dallas. I get what you're saying. So yeah. Now let's go to this: the Boston Celtics versus the Miami Heat. 
Uh, this is shaping up to be a lot more of a thrilling series. 2-1 Miami. Uh, what's been your thought on this series so far? Back and forth. Back and forth series. Um, tail of two halves. Uh, but the Butler scored 27 in game two in the second half. Uh, Tatum scored 23 in the first half. Um, and he only scored six in the second half. Uh, this last game three, uh, Miami took a big lead. Butler went down and they fought and they and they caught help keeping that lead. And Butler and Boston almost came back and stole that game. Um, but you had Smart getting wheeled off the field on the, almost in the stretcher, um, breaking his ankle in half. Smashing his face on the floor, getting kicked in the groin, and this guy kept on playing. <laughs> oh my god! Um, <laughs> so you love that? You love that? That's old school, man. You won't live that long. You 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 won't have a long career playing like that. But you're gonna you're gonna get all the you're gonna get all your effort out of your career. He ended, he ended up breaking his jaw, busting his head open, or anything, and he'll still play <laughs> with a mask on. Guy goes, he don't care. <laughs> <laughs> He could have played in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, any generation. Who, who's an old-timer that reminds you of Marcus Smart? Like a guy from the 80s or 90s? A guy who plays like Marcus Smart from the, wow, from the, 80s, from the 80s and 90s? Hmm. Dennis Johnson? Uh... Small forward, and he can guard Yannick. I mean, with help. 
with help. But he can give him a hell of a dog fight. He's a dog. When I mean a dog, that means a tough competitor. So the Celtics, this playoffs, they've had to alternate from trying to defend Kevin Durant to Giannis to now Jimmy Butler. Can you describe the unique challenges of defending each of those three guys? Because they're all very different basketball players. Uh, um, Durant, Durant is on another level from from those guys. Um, over his whole career, Giannis got good over the last four or five years. Um, you defend, you you defend. You defend um, Durant differently. He's a catch and shoot. He's a catch and shoot guy. Um, he can't dribble to create the shot. Giannis is just coming with straight force. He has he has really no moves. He has a euro step. But overall, he's he's just putting his head down. And he's and he's going and he's coming at you. Um, Jimmy Butler is a smaller is a is a smaller guy, maybe six five, six six. They list him at six seven. I don't think he's that tall. Um, he uses his body, his hips, and his strength to create space for a shot. He's a tough defender. He's a deceptive leaper. He leaps higher than you would do. You would think. Uh, he's quick, but he's not fast. Um, he he, cre- and he's not a volume shooter. So. His shots are out of necessity. The coach has to push him to shoot. Um, Jimmy Butler is a team player who who does who, whose ability to score is 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 a is a is a is a factor in his game. But he he, he contributes in other areas and, and also a vocal leader on the team. They all bring. They all got different styles of ball play, different games. Durant is a superstar from day one. Giannis developed into a superstar. Jimmy Butler came through the through the hard route. Six man off the bench, developed to a starter. He's been to like four different franchises. He's bounced around a lot. Um, he's an outspoken guy. He, I don't know if he ruffles a few feathers wherever he goes, but during this season, I thought this might be his last year in Miami because of. Um, the back and forth bickering with Coach Spolstra and um, the uh, dysfunction with his teammates. But um, he's settling down. He's playing some high, good basketball. And it's a shame that he was injured because I, I think he could play through an injury. If it was a game seven, he probably would have still played. But for him to be to remove himself from a, from a game, it must, it must be a pretty decent must be a pretty serious injury. They said he's going to play tomorrow on Monday for game four. Uh, but let's say he's hobbled and he's not as effective. How much does that hurt Miami the rest of the way? In uh, the then, they going with, then they going with guys like Oladipo who was inconsistent. Uh, no, he, he just, he's just a shell of the player he used to be. Um Duncan Robinson, he he he's in the doghouse. I mean, he has no defensive ability. He's just he's a he's a he's a he's a street shooter, and he's lost his he's lost his confidence. He's and, and the coaches lost confidence in him. He's lost confidence in himself. His defense is suspect. Um, Kyle Lowry has been injured a lot. Um, so um. 
without Jimmy Butler, they, 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 they can't do it. How do you think Bam got going uh, last game? Uh, he struggled a little bit the first two games of the series. Had a big game, scored 30, and I think had like 13. Uh, what do you think has been the key for Bam uh, getting going? He's just a hard-working player, digs in, goes and goes about his game. Um, nothing nothing special or fancy about him. He's a hard worker, um, good rebounder. Excellent, uh, excellent defensive role. Plays a defensive role. He's he helps. He protects the rim. He he he, he protects the perimeter. And he and he's just well, great. You use the word potential. He has potential to even be greater. Um. Oh, how much better do you think Bam can be? Well, he's already a, a lightweight All Star, but he can be a, he can be a career All Star. Because he plays both ends of the court, which is hard to find. <laughs> he, he can play both ends of the court. His defense is better than his offense, but his offense is, is his offense is waiting to um, come. Because he's a better ball handler than, than, than most people think. He can get to the hoop, and he's getting better with his free throws. I, I like his game. Who has the edge of the rest of the series, the Celtics or the Heat? Try to say, how's Tatum? How's Tatum's shoulder holding up? How Smart's ankle gonna be? Can Jimmy Butler can resume playing ball at that same level? That's that's that that's that's to be that's to be discussed at another time because we don't we really don't know as far as these injuries go. Williams been in and out of the lineup. Um, we'll see how these injuries go. If Butler's if Butler's if Butler's hundred percent to go, now we got another ball game. If take um. Brown stepped up when Tatum got hurt, but can Tatum play with these nagging injuries? I think he has a bad, he hurt his neck or shoulder. Um, Brown stepped in and filled the hell of a void in there and then put in and put in um, 40 points. Um, very efficient game, very productive game. Um, if Kyle Lowry shows up, that gives Miami an edge. If him and Butler plays, um, but with Smart, with Smart's on top of his game, he's a game changer because he'll guard Butler or Lowry, and he and he and and, and that will then they, they will have to work for everything. Well, he can only got one man at a time. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA All-Rookie Team and NBA All-Defensive Team. Coming next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Mr. Zach with us. So, let's start with the all-rookie teams. You have Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Franz Wagner. What did you make of the all-rookie first team? All-rookie. 
Scotty Barnes won Rookie of the Year, um, averaging about 18, 20 my, points per game. My, um, well, we got we got Scotty 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 Barnes with a, out of Florida State. He um. He was a very effective player for Toronto. Cunningham had a had a um his second his second um his second half of the season after that All Star break he was he was the first he was he was great he had a great season after that. Um, Mobley was consistent the whole season. Um. They lost Sexton and that hurt them. Then they lost um, the other big man, or, or they were high seed in the playoffs. I think Mo- I think Mobley was um, was a really uh, a really contender for the rookie of the year. You ask me. Cunningham only Cunningham had a better second half of the season. Um. Jalen Green shot a lot of threes. You know that they, they just were they they just were basically. I, I can't. They just they just they just was basically like a like a college playground team. Uh, Jay um Houston Rockets. They 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 were they were dysfunctional out the gate. Their point guard didn't want to play. John Wall. They paid him not to play. Um, they have potential. They have athletic potential, and they have a good young coach. And, and um, rookie Jalen Green, I think he was like the second pick of the draft. He, he um, he's a he's a he's a flamboyant player. I have to see more out of him. Um, Wag, Wagner was a Wagner's in basketball. No man's I, land. I don't know what you would call playing for Orlando. Um, Basketball, how? Yeah, he he's a, he he put he put in a few numbers. He's a um, uh, um, pretty good three point shooter. Um, good big man skills. He's a below the rim big man. Um, well, I, I think he went to Michigan. I'm not sure. I'm, I mean, I, I don't have it right in front of me. He's um he's a good he's a he's a good player and um just rookie at it's all rookie team is and it is what it is. I mean out of all these out of all these guys, I think only two of them made the playoffs. Um no earth shattering rookies. They all played good ball. They they had a they they played good ball, but nobody that nobody just took the league by storm, nothing like that, if you ask me. Um they all have a long way to go. Um, uh, Mobley is a, Mobley is like a Chris Bosch copy, you know. Um, so can I can I t- I had somebody come on my podcast, uh, mm-hmm. and you know who he compared Evan Mobley to? Chris Manning. I'll give you his name, Chris Manning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he compared Evan Mobley to Tim Duncan. Do you see it at all? He has a he has a little, he has a little bank shot. He doesn't have he doesn't have the body structure. Um, his, his game is kind of slow. Um, uh, yeah, he has bounce around the hoop. Uh, I, I don't I don't I don't see the Tim Duncan comparison. 
But but Tim Duncan came into the league playing with David Robinson, so he he didn't he didn't he didn't have to do everything. Um, he was gradually put into the place of leadership, and he learned from a leader. Um, I don't I didn't I didn't see the Chris the Duncan comparison, but I see I see this I see a I see a good skill level. Um. Duncan never played like a rookie. He came in the league like established like a veteran ball player. But that's kind of a good that's kind of a good comparison. So now let's go to the all defensive team, the all defensive first team. You have Marcus Smart, uh Mikel Bridges, Rudy Gobert, Giannis, Antetokounmpo. Uh what do you make of the team? And Jaron Jackson Jr. You got you got rim protectors with Gobert and Jaron Jackson. You got great rim protectors. Um, you got perimeter. You got you got perimeter defense with Bridges and Smart. And then you got and then you got a one man army with Giannis who chase who chase down fast breaks, who who protects the rim, who chase down fast breaks, plays perimeter defense, and plays help defense. A, a well rounded defensive player. And number one thing about defense is effort. He's an effort ball player, so that's a good that, that's a very good def- all defensive team. Um, you know, you you can um, you can you can make a few arguments uh, back and forth about these players because um, besides Giannis, I think the second team is almost just as good as the first team. Um. So the second team is Drew Holiday, Matias Steibel, Robert Williams III, Draymond Green. And Bam. Yes. That's a hell of a defensive team right there. And um, Williams is a up-and-coming, up-and-coming stud on defense. Um that the first, the first, the first, the first team, the first team defensive team, all defense team, they all, they all make the playoffs, and they all, they all make it to the second, at least the second round of the playoffs. Um. You got a all you got you got a defensive player of the year in Smart who set the tone for his team, uh, providing leadership. He's he's guiding bids. He's guiding perimeter players. He's sacrificing his body. He's taking charges. He's diving on the floor for you lose the ball. What else can you do? True warrior, a true warrior.
Do you think Mikhail Bridges, Bridges is a good perimeter defensive player, and um, a lot of times he he takes the best player on the other team, but uh, he's no better defender than Draymond. Come on now. So that could have been Draymond's spot. Yeah, it's me. If you could take anybody off the first team and put someone on the second team on the first team, who would that be? Draymond over Bridges. Now, you know Bridges got sacked with second place in the Defensive Player of the Year I voting. Know I, I know that. I know that. Okay. But, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, that, that, that's my answer. I'm not taking nothing away from Bridges, but over his career and consistently, um, Draymond don't sneak up on nobody. He right there in your face. He plays the passing lanes. He plays man-to-man. He plays upside deep. Not taking nothing from Bridges at all. What and, a- and they won 64 games. So Bridges had a, Bridges had a quality season. And I'm not, I'm not going to take nothing away from his glory, but, you know, it's only it's only five spots available. And, um, my iPad is about to die. So kind of next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk about some of the best conference final series in NBA history. Kind of next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and now it's time for us to go through some of the best conference finals series in NBA history. So I got a long list for you. So Warriors versus Rockets in 2018, that was a seven-game series. The iteration of the Warriors with Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green versus James Harden and Chris Paul. What do you remember about this series? Yeah, he got hurt. Missed game and, uh, six and seven, I think. I think they were in the driver's seat in that series until he got hurt. Uh, if you ask me, I think Golden State was going down, but it didn't happen. So it really, it really, um, that's just, that's just, that's just, uh, you know, that's just, that's just an opinion right there. Um, I, Houston was in the driver's seat in that series, and um, Eric Gordon, all those guys were playing good ball. And um, Chris Chris Paul popped the hamstring, I think. Am I correct? Yes, and right on schedule too for Golden State. (laughs) And and that was um, and that was um the beginning of the end for that team because I think I think they were in the driver's seat for a minute. Yeah, they were up three two. Golden State was on Golden State was on their heels in that series. Um, they, once they snapped out of it, they became a well-oiled machine to, to take it to go ahead and finish the season off and, just, and win the finals. But hmm, that you bring that up, Houston, Houston had that game, and that's, that's just another 
one of um, the tragic season endings of Chris Paul. So next we have the Heat versus the Celtics in 2012. Uh, during that series, that was a series where LeBron James had that epic game six where he scored like 46 points. They were down 3-2 going back to Boston. What do you remember about that series? LeBron James is coming into his own, playing playing against us, playing against a team loaded with Hall of Famers, and um, it's, it's just another it's just was another sign and another witness to his greatness. Um. I think that's it. I think that was the end of the end of the Celtic run, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, that was the end of the Celtic run, and um, Ray Allen jumped ship and came to Miami. Yep, the very next year, and then KG stopped talking to him. <laughs> they were pissed at him all the way until last week when they had that <laughs> 70, that last month when they had that seventy five anniversary thing. They 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 damn near made Kevin guy that speak to him. Oh man. <laughs> Such big grown babies, man. Big grown seven foot millionaire babies. Uh, you know that that make that that make that make them that that makes them look childish and, and immature. So how about the 2016 Warriors versus the Oklahoma City Thunder? The Thunder are up three one. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook can't close the deal. You have the epic Clay Thompson game six, and the Warriors won game seven. Well, like 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 um like you say, the Warriors, the, the, we presume the Warriors as a dynasty, but they caught hell getting to the finals. Once they got to the finals, they did their job. But in 2016, in 2016, that you know, that's when Draymond was suspended and. LeBron came back from his front with from the great lead. He blocked Eagle Divers layup, things like that. Um, that that was high. That was high intensity basketball, high fast paced basketball, and uh, the beginning of a rivalry. Um, once again, once again, let me repeat this again. If you can't beat him, join him. And Durant put his tail between his legs and came whining to the Golden State Warriors. Please let me be on your team. But I, I, I had to get that in there. <laughs> I had to get that in, that in there on Durant. I mean, a team beats you. A, a team, a team puts you over their knee and spanks you, and then you go join the team. Okay, I get it. I get it, but I don't get it. So, next, let's go to this series, a little bit older, 2002, Kings versus Lakers. Now, this one was remembered for, uh, a lot of people say the refs helped out the Lakers. That's what Chris Webber and Paige Stojakovic will tell you. But this was the year the Kings were the number one seed. Uh, they were kind of primed to beat the Lakers, but Kobe and Chuck weren't going to let it happen. What do you remember about this series? Shooting, good bench play. Um, uh, 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 basketball, I, 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 
Lakers had that unstoppable force, Kobe and Shaq. And uh, with that with that unstoppable force, you know how that story ends. Um, Stojakovic, um, Bobby Jackson, all those guys were good players. Um, I think um, I think the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe and Fisher and those guys, they 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 turned they they turned that into a rivalry for a little while with the Kings. The Kings always fell short, man. They always fell short. Always fell short. Um, well, you know, you know the difference was Shaq. Now let's go to the Lakers versus Blazers in 2000. This is the one where Kobe and Shaq had that big comeback. What do you remember about that series? Uh, Porter had Porter had a Portland had a, a, a superstar had an all had an all star team. Um, they were they were loaded. Um, Pippen, Rasheed Wallace. They were loaded. Pippen, Rasheed Wallace. Uh, um, um, Brian Grant. Um, good backcourt. Good backcourt players. Um, Damon Stoudemire, I think, was on that team. Kobe was just. Kobe just was finding his game then. Brian Shaw was playing good ball. Shaq was getting into his prime. And um, Porter and Porter almost had that wrapped up. They almost had that uh, wrapped up. And um, um, the Lakers, the Lakers was, as a matter of fact, the Lakers was, was, was on a closeout game in that series. They were up like three to one. And uh, Porter came all came back, and they were leading by 16, 15 points, man, or something, something like that. And I never forget it. I was in my, I was at home, and uh, Biggie Smalls had Notorious Big had a song called "Who Shot You," right? Okay. And and I turned. And when the Lakers got when the Lakers fell down and fell down for that big lead in the game, I tried, I started playing who shot you. <laughs> and and I played it and all my and the people that at my house got all all pissed off at me for playing music during the game. But I I had to do something to get the Lakers back flowing again, right? <laughs> <laughs> my buddy still talk about that game and hey, I played who shot you until the Lakers came back. And they came back. Where the oh, front? Mr. Zach was very annoying to the to everyone that day. Were your friends shocked? Were they shocked when the comeback happened? Oh man, they 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 they, they was overwhelmed by the noise and the music and me hollering and Biggie Smalls. They they couldn't take it. They couldn't take it. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good memory, man. That 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 brought back a good memory for me, man. So I now, mean, I, I mean, real really, Daryl. Now you you. We we talking sports, but we we talking about two decades has passed since that since that um, game. Twenty two years and ago. For me to, and, and for me to even remember a small part of it is, is amazing to me. 
I can go I can go way back in sports. And then then as as it starts moving closer, sometimes I have to sit and think. Um and and, and um reminisce a little bit and try to figure out what was going on at that time. Um some things I some things I remember off the top of my head, some things I have to research. Um well, and, uh, you keep you keep me you keep me you keep my mind flowing on these on these topics, and um, that 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 was some of the best basketball that was played at that time. Um, Phil Jackson was a, was coaching was a was a coaching giant. He had a big man in Shaq, got a Hall of Fame, an all around player in Kobe, and he had all the all the feelings to make a great team. I think Tyrone Luton was playing back then. I'm not sure. Yeah, he was playing. Yeah. The very next year, he got crossed up by AI. In the right, finals. Right, right. <laughs> Not to do that to Ty Lue. I love Ty Lue. Uh, so now we're going to go about a decade further back to 1990. Bulls versus Pistons. Seven games. The Pistons win. Uh, Scottie Pippen, I believe, did not play in Game 7 due to a migraine. What do you remember about this series? scoring games uh, the Bulls have been getting their butts kicked by the Pistons for a while and um, you know Tom Isaiah and and, Matt, and Michael never really liked each other so that made it a rivalry out automatically um, the Pistons have been to the finals a couple years in a row um their team was aging and fading. Rodman was coming into his own. Isaiah was on his way out. Um, and the Bulls were just coming into their dominance. And um, hmm. that was some good hard-nosed basketball, but Michael Jordan was a runaway train at that time. He was not going to be stopped. And uh, he had been beat down long enough, and he was coming into his prime. And um, the Pistons were the Pistons were were fading. So it was a, it was a changing of the guards. It was a passing of the torch, or whatever way you whatever old saying you want to put to it. But um, it was time for a new sheriff in town. And it was it was MJ. So now we're going to go to another older series. We're going to go to the 80s now. Uh, Celtics versus the 76ers, 1981. This was a seven-game series. The Celtics won. They beat the 76ers. They went on to beat Houston that year in the finals. Do you remember anything about that series? Very disappointing. Very disappointing. I'm, I'm off the top of my head, I'm, I'm pretty thinking of not there. Now, come on. Now, you 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 really you really pressing my memory banks here. You going back forty years? I don't even. Think, that's my kids wasn't even born, I, and I was barely born. I, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> 1981, man. I was in the I was in the United States Air Force at that time. Um, let me see. Philly made one of the biggest. 
Oh, man, they had one of the biggest meltdowns in history. I'm pretty sure Philly was in the driver's seat in that series. Yes, I believe so. And and, and, and they lost. And they lost. I couldn't believe that. Um, That's when that's that's when Dr. J owed the, the Dr. J owed Philly I don't know how many championships. They lost the 70s. They lost the port, and then they lost someone else. And, and you know, they were supposed to win a, a, a collection of championships, but they only ended up winning one. Uh, that was before Moses Malone got there. Um, the referees, the, it's a combination of the referees and the Celtics. Of course, Philly lost, uh, lost a, a season, uh, was a, was a, was had a series lead. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't think they got a call on that whole game. I mean, it was one of some of the most lopsided officiating I've seen. And I, I'm not making excuses, but... Damn, man. They swallowed they swallowed the whistle when Philly got the ball. They blew it every time Boston got the ball. You know, it was uh, it was almost um it was good basketball, but the, the referee was lopsided, you ask me. It, it it was terrible. Now, in nineteen eighty two, the next year they would play in the conference finals again. That years ago seven games and the seventy sixers would go on to beat the Celtics, and they would lose to the Lakers in the finals. And what year was that? 82. 82. So, so the very not next going, year. I'm not going 40, 40 straight. That's 40 years. 82. Whew. Well, <clears throat> the Sixers won that series? Yes. And they would lose to the Lakers in the finals. They would lose to the Lakers in the finals. I think, yeah, I think that's I, I think that's before they got Moses Malone too. Yeah, because when they got Moses Malone, they won fo 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 fo. Right, 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 right. Um, that 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 was a that was a good that was a good year, but it wasn't the best year for the that wasn't one of the best years for back for the, for the team. Um. Philly had Philly had um some terrible they, they had they, they didn't have a good bench. They they had a good team, but they didn't they didn't really have a good bench besides Bobby Jones, you asked me. Clem John, Clem Johnson was pretty good, but um and that, that series is kind of blurry to me. Um I I, I really remember I really what I really remember is the lead up to the finals, the leads up to those games of the rivalries and the physicality of the basketball they were playing. Um, Larry Bird was making just making a name for himself, and uh, everybody everybody hated it. Everybody around here hated the Celtics. <laughs> everybody hated the Celtics. Um, it was good rivalry basketball. Um, Intense basketball, and if you look, if you look back at, if you look back at it, you know some of the greatest players that ever played were playing at that time, and um, that was that that was in the middle of the Showtime era. I believe um, during this series, this was a series where the game Game Seven was at Boston, and the 76ers were going to go on to win. Uh, and then the Boston fans started chanting to the 76ers players, beat L.A., beat L.A., because 
Cause yeah, it, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. And that's when that Michaela. Was, that, that, was, that, that was a show of respect right there. That I never, I never even thought to come out of those, out of their funky mouths in Boston. You know, they were, they were some of the worst fans as far as, far as how they treat. I mean, hey, they, they support, they want their team to win. I was a Buffalo Braves. I was from Buffalo. And Buffalo and Boston didn't get along. So I, so you have to excuse me with my discrepancies with the Boston Celtics, you know. Um, but I, they just, I just didn't like them. Now, being, liking them and respect them is two different things, right? Yes, it is. I didn't like them, but I damn sure had to respect them. So now let's go to this series, uh, 1987. This was the Celtics versus the Pistons in the conference finals. The Celtics would win this series, Man, that, and they that, would that go. Was, that, that was that was the Celtics. That was the Celtics. Um, last going out, going out party. Um, after that, they wouldn't beat. After that, Detroit Detroit took a hold of the East for a couple of years. Uh, that was the end of the, that was the end of an era for Boston, um, and uh, the, the Lakers beat them in the final. But that was a dog fight. That was a dog fight series. Um, I think that's the series where Isaiah threw the ball away and Bird intercepted. Yes, that was and also the series Johnson, where uh, and Dennis Johnson made the layup. That that was that, that was one of the that that's when um. That's when uh, Isaiah Thomas had a mental breakdown, and they and they all start and they all start complaining, and then they're complaining about um, Bird getting special favors because he's because um, if he was black, he would be just an average player. Yes, and, and they had the whole big thing about that. But uh, once again, once again, man, if you look, I mean, the black white issue was forced on us. Because that's the way the world is. <laughs> and that's the way the United States is. And that's the way they made it. That's the way the United States made it. So that's, you got to deal with what we, that we got to deal with, with the bed we made. And I think that, um, that was a turning point of, um, in the media and everything. And, uh, that's the, that was the beginning of the Isaiah and Larry Bird, not really. I mean, they really, they weren't crazy about each other, but they respected each other in Indiana basketball. Uh, but it was, like I said, that was the end of the era for the Celtics. Um, um, they lost to, they lost in the final, they lost to the Lakers in the finals, but that was the coming, that, that was the beginning of the Detroit run. Um, sometimes, sometimes you got to take, you, sometimes you got to, you got to take some losses to, to to get to where you want to go in this NBA in this NBA um, playoff format, and um, they were taking baby steps on the way to becoming champions. But the Celtics, the Celtics were just too much for them at that end. And then after that, you know, like I said, Detroit had their run, and then the Bull, for the next eight years, it was the Bulls. And then lastly, the last series we have, 1998. I was born this year, that year. Uh, this is the last dance year as well. Bulls versus Pacers. This series went seven games. What do you remember about this series? 
most I remember is Michael Jordan rarely played a seven games and hit with anybody. <clears throat> Any damn sure wasn't going about to lose. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, I, he didn't. He didn't even believe in seven games. I can't even. I can't even. I, it's hard for me to remember him even going to a seven game series. But um, the Davis brothers and Reggie Miller and those guys, they dug in and they they, they played their asses off. But it was too little, too late, and um, the Bulls were going. The Bulls were coming to almost toward the end of their era and uh, and they always were in the, they always got in Indiana's way you know Indiana made the finals a couple t- Indiana made the finals against um, the Lakers one time that I remember and um, either the Pistons or the Either the Pistons or the Knicks or the Bulls were always in the way of Indiana. Yeah. So, Mr. Zach, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, we we getting out to we we getting out to the end. We getting out to the end. Um, a new champion will be crowned this year, and um. I'm looking forward to seeing um, how it plays out. And once again, I want to thank Mr. Zach for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 433rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Just an old sweet song